And as usual, we would like to thank the Indigenous people of Australia before we begin. As they are the original custodians of this land, we're here with Angelo Giuliano. Uh, he's a Swiss-Italian uh, leftist, yes. that's been quite um, prevalent in the Hong Kong debates. And yeah, so um, yeah, a Angelo, um, the reason I, I wanted to talk to you, or me and Rizzi, it's because you've been um, taking a lot of flack in the last year or so, because people were saying, you know, you're a communist spy, because uh, mm -hmm. you're a white dude that's been um, really much, pretty much on the Chinese side. Um, and, 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 you know, as we said before, and we're uh, speaking for a few minutes, you, you're not really um, that much of a hardliner left winger. Yeah. No, no. I'm actually. I come. I mean, my, my father was a communist, and I, but I'm I, I'm a strong supporter actually of a, of communist, very strong supporter. But I think I think you know there's a there's a cultural element to it. You know, so communists might not work everywhere just because of the cultural element. Mm. So because I put non-interference uh, above everything, you know, I think it's very important not yeah. to do uh, any interference. Uh, I think we should just respect e each other. So, you know, if, if the, the Americans wants to, to go that direction and Chinese want to be communists, I think we should respect, you know. But I, I think uh, um, I've learned lots of things about China and the way it's working. And I think I think it's the model. If you look at, um, you know, because I, I think the capitalistic model is just is still experimental. And it's uh, it's showing chaos, you know. It's showing, you know, it's 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 about to collapse. And I think the problem right now we have in the world is that uh, China is doing so well, it's going to be very difficult for yeah. the Western world to justify the model, because it's uh, it's it's about failure, you know. You can you can brainwash people so much into media, you know, Hollywood and so on, mm. telling people, well, we have freedom and so on. But you, you have you have food, you have a shelter. Why do you have homeless? <laughs> Definitely, I why, mean, yeah. You know yeah. why you have a so big prisons when you call yourself the, the land of freedom? You know, so we have lots of contradictions. But you know, they, I, I think the West is doing a very good job in terms of PR and and, and brainwashing. You know. Yeah, but China's not doing a very good job. Like you know, in America, they they might have this freedom, but it seems more like a freedom to die at the moment. You know, police are killing people. Lots of people are yeah. um, online trying to get food, while in China, you know, it's much more secure, though you might not have the, you know, as much, say, uh, ability to speak out as in America. Uh, yeah, oh, I think it's, it's very relative. You know, I, I watch and I read the news in China and you should, you could, I mean, you'd be amazed at the freedom of speech there is there, really. The yeah, yeah, no, is, definitely. I, I, I've yeah, yeah. Like I, I've lived in China and um, I've said horrible things about the government. Not horrible, negative. Like I've criticized certain government um, yeah. policies, such as uh, the whole divide that divides, you know, the population. And yeah. I've never gotten in trouble for it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I think you know that there are some limits. The limits are, uh, are, are, you know, it's it's related to whenever you say something that can create chaos and instability. So, and, and especially when it's fake news, you know. Uh, but yeah, in, that's the difference. But there are it's, some limits, you know. The and it's a different culture. You know, we are more like uh, focusing on the individual, and mm. they're more focusing on the group. You know, more so it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sometimes, in order to better look at China, we should have Chinese eyes. That's the problem. You see. Yeah, definitely more Chinese voices. Yeah, that's yeah. actually curious because you said your dad's a communist and you're from Switzerland. Um, yeah. So are you, are you, is your background like Italo-Swiss or like from South Switzerland? Yeah. Whereabouts? So I was born from, uh, I was born Italian from the South and, um, uh, but, but, but we moved to, to Switzerland very early. So ah. we, my father was ah. one of the very large population immigrants that moved to 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 northern Europe, you know, I mean, like like uh, Switzerland, France, and Germany. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. So, do you speak like four languages, or? Uh, I speak actually six languages. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I I, I, I live in yeah. South America as well. So I uh, I did um, I spent a lot of uh, long time in uh, in Venezuela. Yeah, I it, saw you on the newspaper. What, what was that about? Um, you were like a revolutionary or something. Not really. I was just following the election. So my, when I did my trip in uh, all around South, South America, I followed all the all the uh, uh, the events. That's uh, 
that's around in, in 2000, so almost like 20, 20 years ago. So I followed the Chavez movement. I followed the the mining, uh, the mining uh, um, uh, riots in Bolivia. I followed the election also in Peru. So it was oh. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because that that looks like a really old um, photograph. Like when you were a, a bit younger, um, yeah. it was like uh, it was an article of you holding a camera. I, I can't read mm-hmm. Spanish, so I don't know what it says. Yeah. Yes, 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 correct, yeah. And now, actually, it's a, it's a story. I, I, I haven't told many people about the story. It's a bit complicated. I was, I was yeah. arrested. You know, I was a, a citizen journalist, just, just you know, taking pictures. Uh, but, you know, this, back then, there was not, this, we, we didn't have the social media like today, mm-hmm. you know. So I was taking pictures, and they arrested me, and they, 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 um, they constructed a, a story that I was this, from the... Where was this? That was in in Merida, Venezuela. Oh, really? And, right. Yes. And and what they they arrested me that day, and they said I was uh, from the secret services pro Chavez, you know. And uh, it was all fake story. And uh, but then it was uh, because it's very. Sensitive. What year was this? Was so who, which government arrested you? Like the Venezuela, the Chavez government, or the one against going against him? No, it was the it was a regional uh, police, but it was just for one hour. No, I mean very short, very short time. But, uh, <laughs> All yeah. the, the journalists were taking pictures of me, and they constructed a, a story that I was uh, what we call f- the, from the DISIP, which is the the secret services for, from Chavez. Oh, so they said you were a Chavez spy. That's exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and and then uh, a few days later, I had to go back to the newspaper and say you you better change this story because you know you get killed in Venezuela for for something like this, you know. So yeah. uh, that story, you know, it was just a funny story. I mean, you know, but but it tells you, it gives you some idea about how much the how much fake news is out there, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. Surprising. Let's let's get back to that one. We just we talked before about uh, sort of what <laughs> speech is kind of allowed in China, and what I seem to have noticed is that that imperialist fake news. Will will not be allowed, and we've seen that with a couple of American journalists from the the spokespeople of the military industrial complex, like New York Times and Washington Post, being kicked out. But I noticed some of the a lot of like European journalists are still allowed in China. In fact, they've been asked to go and visit places like Xinjiang. Uh, yes, but it's very important that you to, to look at the last measures of kicking out some Western journalists. It's about reciprocity. So what what happens that the the they kicked out journalists, uh, Chinese journalists in the yeah. in the U.S. and then there was reciprocity from the Chinese side. Yeah. And uh, so 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 you can actually uh, they can go to some areas uh, areas uh, like Xinjiang. It's possible. Yeah, it is. But, it's but, not Tibet. Uh, Tibet's a lot more hardly guarded, but Xinjiang's you can exactly. totally go in there. Yeah. Exactly. As a tourist, it's much more difficult to go to Tibet than Xinjiang. Xinjiang, you can travel uh, freely in Xinjiang, no, no problem. You can take pictures. There's, a, there's absolutely no problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just so um, weird how, like, that was like, oh, you know, I can't, we, we can't get to access Xinjiang when you actually, and anyone can go to Xinjiang as long as you have a visa in China. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, like, they, they don't, especially when they talk about Chinese banning uh, foreign journalists from Washington Post, they didn't talk about the fact that they first banned Chinese journalists from America. Exactly. It's like a, yeah. it's like a you know um, tick for tack uh, kind of move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you kind of got, you kind of got famous in China, and they made you draw that sort of this Mario-looking photo of you, like cartoon. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So how, yeah. how come you, you decided to step out? Like it was last year where you sort of uh, stepped out you know, and had that viral video. Yeah, I was uh, uh, honestly. I mean, when uh, whenever there's there's politics, you know, and I'm in a foreign country, I just I don't want to interfere. You know, I think uh, I at the beginning I was like, okay, well, it is a Hong Kong issue, it's a Chinese issue. As a foreigner, I don't have a word to say. Yeah. But what yeah. happens that I saw clearly that NED and the CIA, the Americans were behind this, you know, because I could see, I could see lots of. Because I had a certain experience in Venezuela, I saw the, how they, they operated there in Venezuela. And when I went, I was in in, uh, in Hong Kong. I saw very clearly what they did was to replicate the cover, the, the Maidan color, color revolution. 
mm. what happened in Ukraine. And and I was I was getting very worried. Was, you know, you know, it's not not a Chinese issue. There's interference yeah. from, from the U.S. And and uh, I saw like, all the in Washington. And and because of my experience, I was like, well, you know what? First of all, my place too. I've been in China for 25 years. It's my place. And then I because I understood the situation, I thought it was very important for me to speak out to tell them, well, you know what? You guys. I mean, especially to those kids, you are being manipulated. Yeah. You know, and, and I was very angry at who was behind it, you know, like all those evil adults, you know. And I was so angry. I was like, well, we need to do something. And um, and, and I saw it clearly. This is, a, you know, the, it's a proxy war between China and the U.S. And, and the Hong Kong pandemic movement is are just pawns. Yeah, I mean, most of those kids weren't even born when uh, China, um, when the Hong Kong was part of the UK still, like under UK rule. So they don't even know yeah. what China was like, like what, what it was like before that. They've, so they think that this is way worse than what it was before. Yeah, yeah but then at the end of the day, I mean, can you blame those kids? Imagine you are born there. When you look at these history books, uh, the history books are all anti-Chinese. Yeah. When you look at the media, right. all the media anti-Chinese. When you, you know, their teachers are financed, you know, the teachers' unions are financed by NED. So the teachers are very anti-Chinese. So they live in a cocoon where from morning till evening, it's all anti-China. And they, they tell them, oh, you know what? They, how can I say, they romanticize the time where when Hong Kong was a colony. They they make them feel superior to mainland Chinese, so they tell them, you know what you are talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this feeling I got in Australia as well. Like when I, um, my, my parents are from mainland China, uh, but whenever I met a uh, Hong Kong uh, kid from school, he had this sense of superiority, and he would say things like, "Oh, you're a cockroach. You're dirty. Um, you're a communist." And the thing is, like I, I had never lived left lived in China before that until recently, and I just felt really weird. Why do you why do you hate me? when I barely <laughs> talk to you and he, he would just talk about like how his family's being oppressed in Hong Kong. And then I saw the actual curriculum, like the history books they, they, they taught. They were teaching the opium wars in a neutral sense, as well as the Japanese invasions. And I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. No wonder they think of this like that. Yeah. No, I, I feel bad for those kids. I mean, you, how, yeah. can you blame them? You know, uh, it's just, it's just the, the whole brainwashing. And it, <laughs> Uh, how it works because I'm, I'm following and I don't know if you guys are following but right now uh, in Thailand they are actually replicating exactly what they did in, in, in Hong Kong so they they use they use emotional triggers so emotional triggers are you know like uh, they make them watch movies and so on they tell them oh you know what you are going to lose your freedom uh, you have no future and so on. but they, they don't come up with the, all the rational behind you know, in terms of history, geopolitical, yeah. you know, uh, is a democracy, how a democracy works, war, and, and there's a lot of shortcuts, and, and, and that's the problem, you know, and this is why I wanted to come out and just, uh, and just explain to them in a rational way what, uh, uh, what is behind this movement. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, what, what about um, Belarus? Do you think that's similar as well? Yes, yes. It's a bit more complex in Belarus because Lukashenko actually at some point had the anti-Russia stand. So this is why Russia wants to help out, uh, but it's not it's not too keen right now. Uh, it's a bit more complicated, but I think it's uh, it's easier to explain. I mean, Thailand uh, Thailand is, is much more obvious. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, did, it does seem like Lukashenko has been sort of playing the Americans and the Rus- Russians off against each other for the last. Maybe t- exactly. for the last couple of that's, years. That's the problem, you know. He's, he's lost lots of credibility uh, with uh, with Russia because he's playing he's playing the the US and and, China, and, uh, and Russia against each other. Uh, but but it's a color revolution, uh, uh, clearly. I mean, what, what they're trying to do, you know, it's uh, the whole movement. If you look at uh, this Nexta TV, uh, which is which is the they have two million people Telegram. And they're monitoring the whole the whole movement from Poland. And if you look at the people behind this Nexta channel, 
yeah. there are people that been uh, they've been you know they have their Instagram chat uh, you know like pictures you know they've been to the US Ukraine and so on yeah you know clearly, clearly there's something there's something you know it's worth making some more research there but very but high quality yes, sorry. photos yeah where, where, how long has this next been around for uh, it's very recent. Uh, I mean, to my uh, to my understanding, it's, it's recent, but I need to to do more research. You know, it's it's a you, you know, and uh, and I think we we got a, a bunch of people that you know we we we've been taken by surprise by this uh, those protests, but they were they were not uh, um, they were well planned. You know, it's it's been planned in advance. They were not spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah, um, they say you that know. Nexta, like some Belarusians have been tweeting that Nexta has been keeping three hundred to four hundred dollars for every striker. Is that? Do you think that's possible? Or? Um, it's kind of like I how they were paying Hong Kong such... strikers as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. In Hong Kong, there were there were some. You know, they were they were like yeah. they were paying uh, uh, strikers. You you can see actually lots of actors. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. You know, like uh, you have uh, you have some uh, strikers uh, in factories. Mm. Uh, they go from one factory to another. So there, yeah. you have some acts, and and that's what we found in in Hong Kong. You know, maybe a, a hardcore of people like hundred people that, where you see them everywhere, absolutely everywhere. You know, um, but you know, it's it's about making more, more. I mean, studying more what is happening. You know, yeah. um, I mean, and it's interesting. If you, if you follow if you follow Thailand, it's a, it's exactly the same thing. You know, actually, yeah. it's much. It's it's really copy paste of what is happening in Hong Kong. Exactly I mean, the same. I, you know, the Thailand yeah, one, what's the impetus? What do they get out of um, doing this revolution in Thailand for America? Uh, okay, what happens is that uh, in terms of geopolitical, um, what happens is that the Thailand is siding with China. Mm-hmm. They, signed, they signed the Belt and Road Initiative, you know, and they have uh, amazing projects. You know, there's a crack canal, there's some very interesting projects there in Thailand. And because lately uh, Thailand has been siding with China, then uh, at once, you know, the, the king, you know, they say the king is bad and so on, right? Okay. And uh, that's one of the reasons. Um, and um, so, uh, so you, yeah, that's uh, that's. Uh, but if you if you if you follow the whole thing, it's. Uh, I mean, the NED has been funding lots of movements there for for a long time. Uh, so yeah. I thought they would be very Americanized because there seems to be a lot of, um, you know, connection with Thailand and America, a lot of tourism, a lot of investment, military yeah. bases. So I'm surprised that um, Thailand would, would even, um, you know, uh, pivot to, to China in the Belt and Road. Yeah. Yeah, it's very surprising, very surprising. But but at the end of the day, this, uh, you know, you need to keep in mind that uh, in the 70s, 80s, uh, the militaries, there was, uh, there were, they were poor, poor U.S. And they were, you know, they, back then there was absolutely no democracy in Thailand. You know, you didn't have uh, the freedom you have now. So people, they, they are a bit smarter than in Thailand. They, they, they understand uh, that before, you know, the U.S., they were not, you know, why, why did the U.S. now wants to impose, uh, wants to have a democracy in Thailand when in the 70s, 80s, they didn't do anything while right. the... Yeah. The junta was pro 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 US. So yeah. so the mili- the military itself is is not not as pro American as it once was then. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, right. And 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 right now, if you look at uh, uh, who which country the US is going after in Eurasia, it's mainly related to whoever is signing the Belt and Road Initiative. The US is going to go, go after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they know, I mean, uh, what is behind this is is huge for China and for all Eurasia. It's a shift. It's a shift towards uh, from US Europe to Eurasia. I mean, they even targeted uh, my state premier. So just just the Victoria state premier. uh, Uh He's not even like a like a world leader. He's just like a regional leader because he signed on to the uh, Belt and Road. Like it sort of, you know. (laughs) And Popper. Chairman Dan. (laughs) Yeah. Dan Andrews. Yeah, they've been targeting so, him. So you, you saw also this in, in Myanmar. It's the same. Myanmar is the same. Yeah. Myanmar is siding with China. So Aung San Suu Kyi, you know, she was the she was the goddess for the U.S. for for the Americans. She was oh, a yeah. queen, a Nobel Prize, and so on. But then lately, she's been siding with China, 
and she's being, you know, they, they have a huge project with the Belt and Road Initiative, and then she's the evil dictator, you know, doing genocide with the Rohingya. You know, you can see the shift. Yeah, I, I've been getting a lot of actual uh, direct messages from uh, um, Burmese people telling me about mm-hmm. the Rohingya thing, how the only reason it's being highlighted is because of the Belt and Road as well. So mm-hmm. I, and I, I didn't want to comment on it because I'm like, you know, because it's, it's a genocide or as they try to paint it. Um, but it seems like it's been going on for much longer, but it's only been put on the spotlight now, like the repression, just because of the Belt and Road. Absolutely. I mean, they had lots, lots of problems. And I think it's always important just to go back to the real history. You know, yeah, the refugees going to Myanmar. It's always very complicated. It's a bit like a Kosovo, you know, Kosovo. Yeah. Kosovo was, was Serbian. And then you had lots of people like moving, Albanians moving to Kosovo. Mm. And then and then they claim, oh, this is all land. And it's a bit, a bit similar with the Rohingya. Or even like with, say, Uyghurs a thousand years ago. You know, originally there were yellow people in that area. Then they came in. Yeah. It's a, it's always yes. migrating over around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, yes, it's, it's, I was just going to say, it. What the media will uh, is very selective on, on which uh, uh, how do you call it? Uh, sort of ethnic struggles, uh, in a city, depending on on who the the leaders of that country are aligned to at the time. Because um, mm-hmm, exactly. yeah, they're. They're perfectly happy to ignore um, Palestine. I uh, know, yeah, Kashmir. You know, like, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the US. They, they've been bombing and killing, um, uh, you know, Muslims for twenty or thirty years, and now they're like, yeah, we really care about Uyghurs. You know, that's that's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. It's like any yeah. anyone that's, um, you know, who's a Muslim would just know this and be like, yeah, this guy's, you know, the US making it up. <laughs> yes, and the funny, the funny thing about you, Uyghurs, you know, like Uyghurs terrorists, the yeah. first actually to name them terrorists were the Americans. Yeah, because and they put them in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> exactly, they were they were actually uh, recruited in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and everywhere, and they were actually bombing. They've been bombing positions. Uh, of Uyghurs in 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 in, uh, in Syria, so so uh, so the Americans actually they were the first one to name them terrorists, uh, but now they they are they 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 coming up with a, a different story and uh, and uh, I mean I'm, I'm glad I mean uh, lately there's a lots of debunking and uh, the the real informations are coming out, but it's very difficult. Yeah, but it's a very big lie, like because there's definitely repression of Uyghurs going on, but they're like. Trying to make it such a big lie, like if you even try to debunk it, you look like a genocide denier, and you're painted as the worst person ever. It, it's like in Hong Kong, uh, if you, you know, you, in Hong Kong, you're against human rights. There's <laughs> no nuance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's repression, of course. I mean, but you need to keep in mind, okay, well, uh, uh, what is the solution when there's terrorism? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how how did the U.S. manage? You know, I mean, the the U.S. they made hundreds of thousands of, of, of people dead. Because they they were bombing uh, for the reason of terrorism, you know. That in Xinjiang they find us, you know, it's, it, they're trying to find a solution, and somehow, you know, it's it's not too bad. I mean, the last three four years there's no more bombing, and and I think that we need to look at uh, the scale, you know. I think I think one million is just ridiculous. Uh, it's it, completely it is, yeah. ridiculous. Uh, yeah. uh, and you, if you look at how they came up with those figures, it's just. Uh, you know, it comes from an interview of Uyghur people, which are probably uh, throwing eight the people. four independents, very yeah. biases. Eight, only eight people, and you extrapolate <laughs> and you come up with a million uh, people in prison. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, um, I'm, I'm Hawaii Chinese, so but even we have the same population, roughly around 10 million people, same as Uyghurs, around 10 million. You, everyone yeah. in the Hawaii community would notice because it's, it's very interconnected, very communal community still, very collectivized, like very, you know, tight. So it, it, the fact that one in 10 Uyghurs are meant to be, you know, going, putting camps, that's, that's just seemingly impossible just for, for myself. It's staggering. But they seem so, to think like the bigger the lie, the easier it is to get across. You know, now they're talking no, about uh, incubators. Yeah. It is exactly like this. You know, sometimes when the, the lie is so big, you you think oh well you know it must be true it must be true and and then the problem is that if you repeat so many times well it's uh, you know people it's, it's just in the mainstream and you don't question that and and uh, if we want to 
to go against those lies. Uh, it's very difficult. They've been hearing this for hundreds of times, and they co you come up with a new theory, and, and 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 you don't have much time to explain. You know, it would take some time because you need to debunk, and people don't have time. You know, because we are in a fast, fast-paced society, and and people don't dig. You know, they yeah, say, the average yeah, person is, is the average oh. person is not going to research the history of of Western China to get a perspective on on current events. You know, yeah. Yeah, even the yeah, recent history. Yeah, you know, some, I put this post on Twitter the other day. I mean, you see how many people they they watch a movie like Seven Years in Tibet, and overnight oh. they are expert about Tibet. Yeah. You know, I've been yeah. three times in Tibet. I have met lots of, uh, you know, like uh, Tibetologists. I mean, people like really expert in Tibet. They own, they've done this for thirty years in their life, and they explain to me, well, you know. Tibet, you know, was it, everybody's calling about free Tibet, but you know who who freed Tibet? Where where the the communists? You know, yeah. in reality, yeah. from the, the, the Dalai Lama uh, 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 repression, you know, like uh, in the whole slavery. So you see, the problem is that people, uh, and you see that also about China. You know, people they 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 like Adrian Zen. So easy, 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 an expert about China. You know, does he speak Chinese? No, no I mean, they, they are self-proclaimed experts. When it takes, it takes a long time. E even myself, after 25 years in China, I, 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 I feel very humble. You know, it's a, I still have a lot to learn. And you have those guys that overnight, they, they claim themselves, oh, we, I'm, I'm an expert. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah. It's like those people, you know, they just spend like 10 minutes in the airport, an expert, or they watch John Oliver. Um, that new thing, and they, and they're all like messaging me. They're like, "Oh my God, the Muslims being killed." Do you know that? And I'm like, y "Yeah, I I know. Yeah, I saw the John Oliver as well. Like, but you can't just believe everything that he says because he's John Oliver." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's not even funny, man. He's just like he makes the same jokes, like Janice from accounting or something. I can't even remember. Yeah. And, and the problem we have right now, I mean, you guys, you guys, you can see that. Well, the the mainstream media is all anti-Chinese, but then. But then even our voices, because we come up and we, we try to debunk everything that is being said, which is wrong. But right now what they're doing is that they're changing the algorithm. They're blocking us. You know, my, my Facebook blog has been blocked for 30 days. And now it's, I, I don't know when I can keep on writing on my blog. My Twitter account has been shadow banned. That yeah, I could tell. Because mm. you have yeah. like three Twitter accounts and they keep getting suspended sometimes as well. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I can I can reach to the people that are following me, but I cannot reach to other people. It's very, very difficult. So you, you see, the problem is that they have all the tools. And for us, you know, I mean, no, and nobody wants to hear our story. It's very yeah. difficult. You know, and, and the problem is that I think at some point we'll have to bring, go from online to offline. I mean, if we go into a Cold War, I'm, I'm ready to go out and just, you know, and, and, and just... Uh, and, and speak out, you know. But the problem is that we have limits in what we can do, you know. I, I thought we could we could battle on 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 social media, you know, and 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 bringing like rational points, you know, uh, facts. But but they don't they don't give us that that voice. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, it, it, it's really annoying because um, they they keep talking like, look, they they let you speak out freely, but it's really an illusion, a facade <coughs> of this free speech. Um, but they, so they, they allow a few people to speak out and make, make themselves, make them look like clowns and fools. <laughs> keep this idea of that this is a free society, but it's actually not. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then the problem, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's very randomly that one can come out. I mean, you know, like, a, uh, I mean, Max Blumenthal, who, who is going to, to invite him in, in, uh, in the mainstream media, it's going to be very difficult, but randomly he might come out, you know, like maybe five minutes. But before those five minutes, you had thousands of minutes saying the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So you you are going to be labeled denier, you know, like denier, you know, like a Holocaust denier, you know, how they put everything, everybody in the same in the same basket, you know, you you deny. And very soon, I think the 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 Xinjiang issue, we are going to be denier, you know, the same be put in the same basket as Holocaust deniers. So. 
That's yeah. the problem. It, it's just crazy because Max Blubin for himself, he's he's Jewish and he he's being um, classed as a Holocaust denier. It just totally <laughs> unfairly slammed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually anti. He's for Palestine. You know, it's very interesting. It's the same as Noam Chomsky. Uh, you know, a lot of Jews that that, that you know they they really understand the, the whole situation. They 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 went against Israel because it's a it, that that is a real genocide. What is happening in, in Palestine? Yeah, well, yeah, it was interesting. Definitely... It was interesting. Donald Trump that video. I don't know if it was yesterday or this morning, saying that the, the movement of the uh, of the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem that was for the evangelicals. It wasn't for the for Jewish Americans. You know. Um, Jewish Americans uh, seem to be much uh, much more skeptical of the Israeli project than the rest of American society. Yes, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. They're, they're not as radical as. Uh, and, and again, you know, it's it's very complex society in in, in Israel. Hmm. I think uh, um, I I think there's there's a less radical movement in Israel uh, that has doesn't you know there's a silent majority in Israel. That is, uh, you know, wants to give some space for the Palestinians. I, I, I believe that, but, but you know, just, just the problem is that who, who has the, you know, people who have the power and, and have their hands on the media. That, that's the problem. Those, those are yeah. the radical. Yeah, and that, that also raises another point, especially about the Uyghur stuff, because um, most of the officials in a in the Communist Party in Xinjiang are Uyghur themselves, exactly. especially the police, the that military. The people teaching in the um, vocational centers are also Uyghur. So, like, if they're going to be committing a genocide on their own people, that, I, I, that must—it just doesn't seem possible that Uyghurs would be trying to kill their own people. Uh, you know, if if only the Western people understood about how Chinese they look at their minorities. You know, minorities are the the pride of Chinese people. They yeah, love 100%. minorities. They are so proud of their minorities. They're giving them more rights, you know. They, they never had their one-child policy. Uh, they have, they have, uh, you know. There's a, a positive uh, discrimination for when, it, when, when it's, uh, it's to, uh, it's about uh, studies, right? Yeah, uh, my, my it, cousins, it, they all get uh, extra marks, which allows them to go past hundreds of thousands of dollar entrance exam. Lebanese, yeah. Exactly, you know. The, well, only for the, I have to say, you know, for the Uyghur. When they travel, you know, they have more restrictions now. But we, you, we need to understand that, you know, there was some terrorism. And I think this, there might be some, what we call uh, the, the profiling, you know, ethnic profiling. Yeah. yeah there is some. There is some. And, and, and you'll, have a, you'll have a bit of racism, you know, very randomly, but not as bad as what we can find in the in the U.S. or other places. You know, you, you always find, like, stupid people everywhere in the, around the world. Mm. I mean, also in China, you know, it's just, it, it's not perfect, you know. Uh, but I think overall, I, I think it's going to the right direction. You, you know, the I like to I like to use uh, uh, what we call Chengyu. You know, we yes. say when Gutsusin. You know, and and this is about you when you're judging someone or country, and you, it's not a, it's only a snapshot. I think it's very wrong. It's very wrong yeah. because you need to understand the history. And you need to understand where where that person or that country is going, and then you have a much better image of that country. And so, in terms of when it comes to China, why am I so positive? Because I was there 25 years ago, and 25 years ago it was not perfect, really. They had lots of problems, and I saw the whole trend and the direction it's going, and this is why I'm so positive and I'm so excited, really. You know, but if you looked at China 25 years ago, of course they had. I mean, it would would have been very fair to criticize China 25 years ago. It's pretty much when Hong Kong returned, nearly, really roughly the yeah, same time. So Shenzhen, but, you could, uh, can you describe Shenzhen 25 years ago compared to now, compared to Hong Kong? Oh my God, it was just nothing, absolutely nothing. A village. And, and, uh, <laughs> and even for me, I go to Shenzhen every three to six months, but every time I feel it, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. You know, I haven't been to Shanghai for two years now. I'm sure once I go back, I'll be shocked again. You know, uh, society is changing very, very fast. I mean, it's not only the building, but so the people, the mentality. There's so much happening. You know, it's changing much faster than, than here. So I think we need to give it time to China. But, but if you look at all the achievements, 
yeah. uh, where in the world you had a country that, that, that had so many achievements. And, and I think this is almost like, I can understand some, some countries to be very scared because look at the, the trend of the last 30 years. You know, and, and they've been, and I think the U.S. lately has been taken by surprise. I mean, overnight, you see, oh, you know what? Uh, now, now China is, is the, the country issuing the most patent in the world. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and we, we thought that China was copying only. No, 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 no. You know, you have, a, you have five, six times more engineers in China than in, in the U.S. You know, uh, so, so I think right now, you know, the U.S. is, is being taken by surprise. And they've been distracted by other things. They've been distracted by the fight against the Muslims. You know, they wanted to control oil and so on in that area. And overnight, they were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. But it's China. It's China. And in and, uh, China, what they've been doing is that they, they, they were focusing on, on the economy. You know, China has been always... It's been focusing on China itself, you know, the, the the center of their world. They're not not into expansion. Yeah, to they build like a Xiao Kang, like you know, sort of a middle class. Get everyone up. Exactly. You know, they can have so, a, you a know, house, they, you know, some food, education. They, yeah. you know, China is a world in itself. This is why they, they 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 don't want to expand. You know, they don't want to, you know, they want to focus on their population, and it's already so complex. So what they want is stability. And, uh, and grow and, and give prosperity to their people. I mean, this is a, in terms of a noble aim, this is an amazing aim. When you have a focus every day, the leaders of China, they have one focus is maintain sovereignty and bring prosperity to our people. Yeah. What you compare with the US, what, what is it? You know, it, it, they're not thinking about their people. They're thinking about whoever elected me, I need to deliver. But who yeah. elected them were the people that paid for the, the campaigns, you know. This is, those, those are the people they, 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 they need to be accountable to, you know. Uh, so it, it's very different. And, and then you have the difference between the vision of short term and long term. You know, Western society looking at, at election time, four or five years, when in China they're planning for the next century. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. Huge difference, really. Definitely. Uh, so, but at the end, you know what? I'm I'm for non-interference. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, if, if they want to go into that direction, that the other direction, I mean, that's fine for me. We, I respect. But I think, uh, but going to war because you want to be the to keep you being the, 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 hegemony. the yeah hegemony. That is yeah. wrong. It's very wrong, you know, and, and I see many problems, you know, like uh, it, it's so complex. What what we are going through, the decoupling and the alliances, uh, it, it's becoming very, very complex and everything is going faster and faster. Yeah, because basically in the back, there's like a trade war going on and people don't really think about that. All they can see is in the front, you know, they can see Hong Kong, they see Xinjiang, they see Thailand, they see Belarus. But there's actually a whole another sort of um, interconnected uh, sort of political d- diplomatic war going on um, that people don't know about or they don't they don't really take pay attention to. Well, really uh, you, know, you know, I think I think the trade war is is, uh, is not the real issue. I think this is a this is like really a small stuff. I think the the main war is about the dollar. It's the yeah, dollar generally. Petrodollar. Uh, petrodollar exactly. Uh, what is happening is that because uh, you have Russia, China, and Iran not trading to dollar, uh, using dollar uh, for trading, and and they want to to initiate a new trend. So what is happening is that once the dollar is not the the world currency, I mean it's going to be the 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 USA collapse because you see what they're doing right now. They're just printing, they're just printing. They need money. Yeah, and it's just. And who's financing now the U.S.? It's just the, the world is financing the U.S. Yeah. But once the, the, the dollar is, is becomes just a national currency, then you cannot print. Why? Why? Because, because you create inflation. It's not sustainable. Yeah. So, so you can imagine now, you know, and you can see the trend. The dollar is going down. The gold, the gold is going up. Cryptocurrency are going up. 
And it, it's showing clearly that the world is losing confidence in the US dollar and in, in, in America. And, and, and I think that the real fight is there. Because once they lose the dollar hegemony, then it's over for the US. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's no, definitely. Uh, I agree. Like it, the trade was also another sort of symptom of what's going on in the further background. It's so deep and complicated, the whole issue. Yeah. So yeah, what, yeah, but, what do but you? Yeah. yeah. What's your main like? What's your main day job, if you don't mind me asking? Like in terms. Um, I do some trading. I'm a financial consultant. Uh, I do some PR for some uh, large companies. Yeah. Uh, it's very mixed. It's very mixed. Uh, yeah. As you said, you're a very so, moderate. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like you're you're optimistic about China though, in in uh, uh, both economically and socially, or. Yeah, I mean, complete, uh, overall, uh, very optimistic, really, um, because uh, in terms of uh, politically, because it's a, it's a not, uh, um, how can I say, fixed system, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's constantly in, in reforms, it's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, they're always questioning what they're doing, and they're trying to, it's a constant improvement uh, process. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like a, we tend to think that all democracies are, are very flexible. It's not true, actually. Uh, China is much more flexible, and um, and um, so so I'm very positive on all aspects. The only thing is that the threat is going from outside. So China, one of the main problems going to be, I think, uh, energy, energy. Uh, uh, this is where. Where China is, uh, is very weak is the energy, uh, the supply, and I think this is one of the reasons that they they, they just signed an agreement with Iran. Uh, I think it's a period of uh, 20 to 25 years. It's a 400 billion US dollar agreement, yeah. and uh, and this is why China needs to uh, secure its uh, uh, the supply. And yeah, the South China Sea. Yeah, but also the the oil. Yeah. Access yeah. to oil. So this is why uh, why Venezuela and Iran are very essential for China. Mm. So the coupling is not so not so much a problem. You know, I think the coupling is is going to hurt more at first the U.S. than China, because China I think has uh, has in, has already initiated the decoupling in a different way uh, by that diversification. So if you look at uh, Market share. China has been taking lots of market shares in the in uh, Southeast Asia, in Africa, in South America, and that was already a preparation for the decoupling. The, the and Africa uh, as well, and uh, Central exactly. Asia, especially so, emerging so economies. If they, if they lose some market shares uh, in the U.S., it's not much a problem. The problem is for the U.S. is that is that how I why are you gonna going to buy why, what yeah. you are buying from from China. What yeah, and the supply should... chain as well. It's, it's supply China's chain, you know, supply chain, yeah. Just going to say the, the domestic market in China itself as well can is, can easily cover uh, the 300 million customers that they may lose in America. You know, exactly. Um, exactly. If, if they grow that middle class in China, um, you know, there's a billion people there that can <laughs> buy Chinese products. Yeah, I mean, yeah. every person they pull out of poverty or they put into the middle class is a new customer. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think uh, um, uh, when when you know we we tend to to look at the the block U.S. and uh, Western block, I think they in some ways they slowly slowly being more neutral. You know, they need to to back the U.S. But I think with time they are going to be more and more neutral. I don't see them going all the way. Let's say if if we had to go into a hot war, I don't see. The, the whole NATO backing backing the US, I think would be impossible. Europe seems to be, especially with Iran as well, um, they're no longer fully on board with America as they were because they want access to those markets themselves as well. No, so, absolutely. I, I think the Iran, Iran vote was, was the defining moment, really. It was yes. a huge moment for the US. They... I don't know what they were expecting, but they've been working uh, uh, for a long time because it was very critical. That vote was so important for the U.S. and for Israel. And if you look at, well, France and the U.K., 
abstaining, you know, being neutral on that vote. Well, that, that is very shocking. And yeah, I so, imagine Pompeo must be very angry. I mean, they had the Dominican Republic. Was that the only country that voted for them? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a yeah. huge humiliation. So I yeah. think, but, but then at the end, it's the same as Huawei and so on. Okay, they, they're not too happy, Europeans, to follow the US. They're doing against their will. But what's, go- what's going to happen is that slowly there's going to be a shift, you know. Uh, and, and I think I think countries are very pragmatic. You're going you're going with the with the country that is the strongest. And um, and, and if you look at history, World War Two was exactly the same. You know, at the end they all sided with the with the U.S. because yeah. because uh, the the war was already won. You know, I mean Russia, uh, USSR had won against the. The Germans, so everybody sided with the the Allies. Well, it's the same in in this situation right now. I mean, right now you it's still the U.S. which is stronger, and they they need to still obey to the U.S. But you know, it's a but the way the U.S. are um, managing those relationship, they're not very it's not very smart because it's uh, they're using sanctions and threats. Uh, if you have allies, you, that's not how you do it. Uh, so, and, and you can see, I mean, uh, a few countries, you, you can see Italy, partners like Italy, you can see clearly that they're, they go, they, they, they're being completely neutral right now. And, 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 uh, and it's a problem for the U.S. Yeah, that, that's, that, that is quite, um, I, I saw quite a few uh, very pro-Chinese Italian Videos. I'm not sure if that was just because of the coronavirus period when the rest of the um, <laughs> yes, kind of abandoned. They, yeah. Well, it's funny in Hong Kong, we are like four or five, uh, all my Italian friends are all pro Chinese, you know? Yeah. And it's very funny. We, um, it's probably due also to the government we have, you know, it's a, it's a, Cinque Stelle is a, is a, wants to get out of Europe. It's a, it's more like alternative thinking. Um, and I, th- I think had a very long history with China as well in terms of like uh, communication. I mean, during the Ming, there was a uh, Martino Martini, you know, a lot of Italian uh, Jesuits there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you see, I mean, uh, Italy didn't didn't back the US uh, into yeah. for for Huawei. So you can have we are going to have Huawei in, in Italy. They signed the Belt and Road Initiative. They also they were neutral when it came to the the, the UN petitions uh, on related to Hong Kong and the Xinjiang. Uh, so it's clearly a, a, a good sign. And we need countries like this that are going to be uh, somehow mediator, yeah, more definitely. neutral. What yeah. about Switzerland? Uh, or just be neutral uh, forever? <laughs> Switzerland usually is neutral. It just took a stance. Uh, pro-US when it came to Hong Kong. But I think it's more because of, um, of information, ignorance, I would say. Um, it's not easy to just to understand the whole, the whole situation of what, what happened in Hong Kong. If, yeah. you, if you jump into the Hong Kong issue without knowing exactly the actors, who's behind it and what happened, it's not easy. Uh, so, so I would say that the position of uh, Swiss, the Swiss government about Hong Kong is related to ignorance, pure ignorance, you know. Yeah, I mean, not many uh, people really know about China in that. Like, it's not very uh, savvy about the Chinese situation or history, um, I would imagine. No, it, it takes time, you know, I mean, in, in what, uh, what those politicians see, they see... They see a, a policeman beating beating uh, protesters, you know, writers, yeah. but they don't see yeah. the writers because the cameras are always focusing on the police. But they don't see like uh, the other side, you know. The, and, and I don't know if you saw that video when I was confronting the journalist uh, in Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I was, I've been so frustrated because the journalists are always in front and they're protecting the writers. And you have yeah. the writers. Uh, throwing petrol bombs while they are behind the journalists. And, and, and 90%, 80% of the journalists are actually writers. Yeah. It's like, it's what, so $20 for a pass? For journalists? Exactly. Uh, pass? You just buy a pass. No, it's so easy. It's one, it's, uh, it's one of the places in the world where, where it's, uh, you can become a journalist overnight. And, and sometimes you have kids, like 13, 14-year-old year yeah, kids. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. 
you know, and, and because they have a blog, they have a YouTube channel. Oh, that's it. I'm a journalist. And, <laughs> and so, so it's funny right now. If you look, if you if you go to Hong Kong, sometimes they have events. They call it uh, uh, lunchtime events. Sing with me. And you have one or two protesters, and you have uh, 50 journalists. Yes, yes, I've been recruiting all of those. It's just like there's there's always more because you know they lost a lot of funding, so it's gone back yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So it, honestly, uh, Angelo, thank you for coming on, and it, you've been oh, really insightful because you, you seem to yeah, have a wealth experience. Yeah, it's a great yeah, great perspective as well. There's yeah. so much to talk, you know, so much happening. But I think it's a I mean, right now, this is a critical time. We need to, to go out and speak up. Yeah.